and welcome to episode 78 of the British Wrestling Experience on postwrestling.com and I'm your host Martin Bushby and joining me as always is Benno. Benno, how are you this month, mate? Yeah, doing good. Can't believe it's been a, it's been another month. We're inching closer and closer to, to live shows again, which I'm sure is something we're going to talk about today. <laughs> I tried. I was in London at the weekend, tried my best to get a cockpit ticket, but it wasn't a, wasn't happening with the current restrictions. I missed out on TNT last week as well, so... Live shows are happening, but I haven't been to one yet, but hopefully that's uh, that's going to change soon. Yeah, same here. It looks like there's a lot coming up, um, sort of like the summer and after the summer, isn't there? But um, mm. like by popular demand and um, a guy who's uh, no stranger to live wrestling shows, he's been conducting wrestling crowds in song for about a decade now. Uh, from Graps and Claps Audio, it's the one and only Andy Ogden. Andy, thanks for coming uh, back this month. My pleasure, Martin. Um, I've survived COVID Central called Liverpool um, the other week. <laughs> uh, Back fighting fit. Excellent. Uh, Good to hear. And I just missed out on the uh, the Ogdens. I heard stories from uh, from Grapple Gareth. I'm, I was on my uh, my work night out, which is why I couldn't go to the TNT show in the end. And I, we managed, we picked up a rogue Grapple Gareth queuing outside Mojo in Liverpool. And he said, he, he, quote, this is a quote this Andy said, the, uh, the Ogdens were like, wait, and they'd already gone home. I mean, Gareth said it, not me, but, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> I know, know where he lives. <laughs> <laughs> Long day, I'm guessing. <laughs> I bet you were drinking like about 12 hours longer than I was still. Yeah, I think we were out from about 12 o'clock and met Gareth about half two. So we were always already four two-thirds of um, real ale in. And uh, mm. oh God, we were all over the shop by 11 o'clock when they were kicking us out of the Black Lodge Brewery. Made sure Gareth <laughs> got, 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 got safely to that club and me and Jeff are getting on a bit now. Um, mm. Yeah, call it a night. That's a good shout. It's weird being out now, isn't it? Like, it's just... Like, I think you used it well. Like, Brath Lodge is a great brewery in Liverpool. You can get some good top rope beers there. Um, but, yeah, that, that, that's the type of place you want to be. Nice, big outdoor space where you can kind of set yourself and uh, and not worry too much and not, like, like not, not kind of, you know, get too bothered by the crowds or have to worry about all this Rule of Six stuff and all of that. Hmm. Well, you've just brought all that up, Benno, and uh, obviously the big news over here in the UK, it seems that uh, we're going to be having all government restrictions coming to an end uh, by July 19th. Um, how are you guys feeling about that? I mean, obviously, we've all been out to pubs and bars and things like that with the, you know, rule of six and social distancing and wearing masks when you're not sat at the table and things like that. But, um, I mean, Benno, are you nervous, excited? I mean, numbers seem to be rising, but hospital numbers seem to be sort of like, you know, not rising as quick as, as they were last year. I don't know. I think the general gist of it, isn't it, is that, you know, we're putting the trust in the people, you know, the same <laughs> who voted for a Tory government. Um, yeah, and like I, like I mentioned before, I was out quite a bit at the weekend uh, in and around uh, London. And, you know, even now when you're supposed to still wear your mask, people don't, you know, on the tube, on the on the buses or whatever, wherever you are, really. There's uh, there's always somebody breaking the rules. But I don't know how much I, uh, I trust the great British public. It's a, it's a tough one. I think I'm, I'm going to be one of them people. Like, I personally like I, I don't know I, I'm, I'm someone who if, if I'm feeling a bit rough in the morning or I just want to go around the shop I'm quite happy to throw me mask on throw me hat mm. on no one knows who you are then it's kind of like a nice bit of like a anonymity like it's like you don't have to uh, you know not that I'm putting makeup on or anything but, you know don't need to get a shave <laughs> can, uh, can can look my absolute worst and not have to worry about bumping into people I, I like that side but I am a I am a cautious person as well where like yeah I think 
for me, I'm probably going to keep the mask wear and probably it's probably going to take a while. Got a, a wedding coming up in a couple of weeks, man. You're going to be out as well. Where you know, I'm expecting there to be a lot of people there. That'll be interesting. But like, as far as like getting too close to people, I think other than like my immediate friends and family, I think I'm still going to be uh, definitely very cautious going forward. Yeah, it's a weird one for me because I can't really comment. I was at a music festival with 10,000 people, no masks <laughs> and no social distancing. Rolling around a in the mud. Weeks ago, yeah. <laughs> I did get um I did get popped with the track and trace for two days though. I'm assuming because mm. you had to um, send a PCR test off before and then one after. So and you had to wait five days after the event had finished. So I'm assuming whoever I was you know stood in it because it didn't happen to my wife. So I'm assuming whoever I was stood near in a bar queue or in a toilet queue or whatever who you know whose phone had tracked on mine. I'm assuming they got their PCR test back positive. So I was like two days. I was like, well, that's so <laughs> random, but. Obviously, luckily, you know, I didn't have COVID or anything. It was just like a safety precaution and that. But um, what about you, Andy? Are you um, are you uh, excited for things? I suppose it's um, it's difficult for us guys to talk about it. I'm I'm not uh, I'm not sure about you guys. But obviously, I've been double vaxxed. I'm not in a high risk category, and it's the people who are in the high risk categories who are obviously going to be most concerned about you know the great British public and the lack of masks and social distancing, isn't it? Yeah, for me, it's just trying to be sensible. I'll, I'll mm. still wear my mask going round uh, Marks and Spencers and Lidl's on the weekend while I'm doing the big shop because, yeah, it's mm. like trolley to trolley in there and people like wanting a raw rumble over the veg. You know, you know, you know what you're not winning. But now, one thing I'm, I'm glad about is uh, football stadiums will be full capacity again. Which it's which for my club Rochdale is still two thousand people in a ten thousand seater stadium, so it's socially distanced anyway. But no, looking <laughs> looking looking forward to it. Uh, been a long time coming, but it does it does worry you when Boris was doing the announcement. He said, "Oh, there's going to be 50,000 50, cases a day. Going to be more deaths than that." But you can still take your mask off if you want to. And there's Chris Whitty at the side of him, just like, oh, Boris, what you do? What you doing? <laughs> yeah, he was very quick to say these decisions are made by ministers and not the scientists, didn't he? When someone asked yeah. him a question, I was like, oh, I know he got that in quickly. Yeah, it's like, um, I th- I'll definitely still be wearing my mask in the supermarket and on public transport and things like that. I, I, oh, yeah. I was kind of hoping coming out of this, that's where we'd be going, you know, um, if we have oh. got to live with COVID in the long term, that's where we'd be going, mm-hmm. you know, masks. And but I suppose the difficulty is they can't say, oh, well, you need to wear a mask indoors, but then are people stood at a box, what are you supposed to do when you've got your drink? You're supposed to be taking your mask off every time you take a sip yeah. of your drink. So I suppose it's a tricky one with that, isn't it? This is the thing, like like I was saying just then, like to Andy, and that it's like, you know, going going I, I always think like going out at the moment feels it always feels like a Sunday afternoon like no matter when it is because mm. you've got it you sit at your one table you don't mingle you can't go to the bar and like chat to other people and stuff and you are missing things and there is you know an effect on that on like you know the hospitality sector and such that I, I do kind of have you know some sympathy for but you know I was gonna say like when I was in London at the weekend I, I went to see Fast and Furious 9 review is coming at some point maybe maybe post wrestling adjacent people can uh, can keep an eye out for uh, for that review coming soon just as the hand and um, was saved um but it was so weird being in the cinema and like actually preferred it that's a place like obviously that andy's right you know football wrestling you want it to kind of be around the atmosphere or whatever i thought it was great going to the cinema with like you know a seat between me and the people next to me 
guaranteed. You know, you, you haven't got some mouth breather sat next to you or whatever. I was quite happily yeah. sat there in my mask, well well distanced from everybody else and stuff. You know, there, there are there are probably some benefits as well to kind of uh, to, to the restrictions as well as maybe those uh, those other negatives. Yeah, because I think I saw on social media waiting had to go to like an outdoor screening of it. I think uh, cinemas aren't open in Toronto, so they've got to go to outdoor cinemas like mm. driving ones, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. What they're going to, yeah. Yeah, I don't think Fast Nine's properly properly been able to open in Canada, or at least even if it has, you know, a lot of people, yeah, haven't got the uh, the choice to go to it. So I suppose, yeah, we could have that. You can't take it for granted, don't you? You forget that like different, different countries are in, and in different places with this thing still. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I suppose we are sort of like lucky in some respect that our government locked out in ordering a load of different vaccines and they all seem to be working so far. So, yeah, but I suppose the other big story happening in the UK is, uh, you know, the little subject of football. Um, I'm assuming both you guys have been keeping up with the Euros. I mean, you know, we are recording this on a Tuesday and the show comes out on a Thursday. So either <laughs> England are going to be heading to the final or a nation's going to be crying into their calling by the time this comes out. Um Andy, have you been enjoying the football so far? There's been some cracking matches, especially last Monday night. We've been seeing some uh, some brilliant football, haven't we? Yeah, no, it has been it has been a cracking tournament to watch. Uh, so some of my um, opinions on England have changed over time, especially after that England Scotland game where I said um, this is the reason why Gareth Southgate got sacked for all these negative tactics. <laughs> Show me up to be wrong, but uh, no, it's, it's been. Uh, excellent to watch and it's always looking for those players who are going to turn up in the premiership for about eight million to like an Everton or a a Watford who's the uh, diamond in the rough that's going to come to the Premier League yeah those small clubs like Everton Um, yeah so (laughs) what are you doing for the uh, semi-final tomorrow Ben are you heading out anywhere or are you going to be watching it at home Oh no, I, I can't imagine anything worse than watching footy in a pub. To be honest, I hate <laughs> feel the same way about wrestling. You know, it's not my thing. Um, I'll have it on. Like, I, to be honest, like I'm, I'm you know, football wise, I'm, I'm that guy who's like more interested in the fantasy football and the stats and who got the goal and who got the assist and anything. And even, even in the Euros, I've been the same way. Um, even if the, you know, the app makes my life makes my life hard. Um, it's kind of kept my interest for the most part like I'm not I'm, I'm not one of the people who's I'm scouse not English um, I'm not like that but I don't really you know feel a huge attachment to the England team so uh, while well, I'll yeah keep an eye on the, the results and uh, and follow things along and yeah be happy that you know I got a, an assist from Grealish or, or whatever it is I'm not I'm not uh, flying the St. George's flag outside my window yet um, but I don't know it is hard not to get swept up in it like mm. I didn't think I think you know the, obviously the last big tournament the, you know, the World Cup I think Everyone kind of felt that that kind of fever, didn't they, towards uh, the end and believed. And yeah, I think it's it's twice as much now because yeah, if uh, if England do make it to the final, uh, and again, it's you know we're, we're recording this before, and we, people will know whether it's happened or not. Um, uh, God, God help us with the uh, the state of the country that people will be uh, be waking up to uh, by the time <laughs> this podcast comes. Actually, probably regardless of the results, I think either way that's probably going to happen. Yeah, I just like you say. I mean, I'm I'm not the pay, not patriotic whatsoever but you like say when they are doing well and it's hard not to get caught up in it I think I sort of really grew tired of the England team when we had that so-called golden generation now and it was like Gerard and Lampard and all them and they just did fuck all in every tournament and I think a lot of people did I mean I remember one tournament it was you literally one in three cars had all those flags on and now you hardly ever see them anymore do you and yeah I I don't know about your guys' area but I hardly ever see like flags you know even outside pubs and things like that, people don't seem to be, you know, going that crazy about it anymore. 
Yeah, definitely not in Liverpool. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, like, yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to when you said one and three, I thought you were going to say, talking about that old England team, one and three of them were cunts, because that was good too. <laughs> um, but then again, we follow wrestling, so, you know, I suppose it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not many Patriots around my area. So uh, before we get into the wrestling side of it and uh, find out what uh, wrestling adventures Andy's been up to uh, this past month, they've uh, got a big announcement. Um, Shared it on social media the other week that I'll be doing a 12-hour stream on Mixler on July 17th, raising money for the uh, Children's Heart Surgery Fund in Leeds, who've done a load for my nephew and my brother's family. And, um, you know, I won't be doing the 12 hours alone, of course. You know, tons of people helping out. We've got John and Way, Nate Milton, Andrew Thompson, Scrum, the Grapple crew, and loads, loads more will be joining me on the day. And Benno, you said, uh, much to my surprise, that you're going to be joining me for the majority of the day as well. That's uh, excellent. I really appreciate you uh, coming on with me. Uh, you know, I, I heard there was a 10-hour podcast, a 12-hour podcast going on. So, <laughs> you know, I, I thought, yeah, I can't, I can't not be involved. But no, you're doing a, a great thing there for a, for a great cause as well. And I thought, yeah, I'll have to, uh, you know, you, you are the brigadier of Brit Res after all. And you know, <laughs> I feel like I'm your trusty sidekick at this point. So I think, uh, yeah, it make, makes sense. I'll uh, I'll be there. Let, let you have uh, the odd toilet break or whatever and uh, give you a bit of a hand. And yeah, to be honest, I am looking forward to just the uh, that list of guests uh, that are lined up there as well. Just helping out with, uh, with chatting to those guys and the like. I mean, yeah, you know, Andy's no stranger either, you know, 12 hour podcast to, to the likes of us these days ah, it's nothing and it's two episodes of graps and claps that you know two episodes of grapple yes. spotlight it'll, uh, <laughs> it'll be it'll be easy man easy <laughs> um the just givings have uh, been set up already and obviously please say i've already raised a quarter of the target which is a fantastic too thanks to everyone who's donated already i just wanted to give a huge shout out to the graphics wizard dicky birdie he's put some right work in doing the posters and videos for the stream and you know can't thank him enough definitely hit him up if you you know after some graphics doing such a talented guy and can't thank him enough for uh for doing that so yeah july 17th uh 12 while 12 uk time uh 12 in the afternoon till 12 midnight so definitely check that one out and uh yeah i suppose we best get on to talking about some wrestling aren't we because uh andy you've been out and about a few wrestling events this month uh, you know with their tnt in liverpool and then a uh, future shock wrestling again um, how were the shows you went to? And more importantly, what were some of the highlights? Yeah, so uh, TNT first, uh, I've got to say, well, one of the low lights was at the door on the uh, first evening as we uh, got got to the entrance, ready to show our uh, tickets to the security staff. Oh, just, just go in, walk in. You expect oh, someone on the door to check your tickets and a temperature. Nothing there. Um, so oh, we just went <laughs> Yeah, so we just went to our seats and, yeah, it was just a case of put your hand up for a beer and try and have a drink while still having your mask on. But there wasn't many uh, masks on or or much social uh, distancing, I thought, in that venue on that evening. Uh, But given the due on the uh, second day in Kirkby, which is a a district of Liverpool, a bit rough and ready, they've got... They've got a, an elephant in like a big silver bolt, big statue in the middle of Kirby, just random as random as fuck. Uh, but <laughs> no, no, but they improved. Once you got in, they actually took your temperature. You could have to sanitise your hands and that. You couldn't do much social distancing in the uh, Kirby social club where they'd run on the second day. It's probably about 70 at most in like mm-hmm. a in like a function room, but uh, 
No, away from that, I thought night one highlights were uh, the Young Guns versus the Kings of the North. Now, the Kings of the North, I've I've, I've not seen much. I think I've only seen them the once live at, at Progress. So, once they made their entrance, like, fucking hell, they're like the second coming through the uh, through the curtain that night. They're, they're over like Rover in Liverpool. And obviously, with the Young Guns being from Manchester, they they were getting booed out of the building, except for, like, from... From me and me and Jeff because we're mm. big 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 fans of the Young Guns. Um, there was that match. There was also Lizzie Evo, the former Lizzie Styles against Alexis Falcon, which sadly ended in a double countout. But that was an excellent match, and uh, having a rematch now at the next show at the end of the month, which I think it's a false count anywhere match. Um, the uh, couple of low lights from a uh, in-ring point of view, I would say, were uh, the death the death match main event, which had like the other big Joe, Jack Jester, BT Gun, and some some other lad. Yeah, it, it, when the highlight of it is like between me, Grapple Gareth, and Jeff, we were just like having a bet on how many light tubes would be used. <laughs> that was the thing that was keeping us interested in in that matchup. They love they love a death match, don't they, at TNT? Oh, yeah, they think it's ECW 1998 <laughs> all over again. But hey, but it works for them. Some of the crowd lap it up, so yeah, more to them. But hey, but then again, next time they're doing a all women's death match tournament on the on the Friday. So yeah, no, they've got they've got they've got that. Wow. Um, on night two, well, on day two, they had. Some of the best stuff were Tom Farewell versus Sonna Durson, which were like a non-title match, which uh, Farewell beat uh, Durson. Good like baby face performance from Farewell in that. A lot of um, selling of his knee as uh, Durson were working on it. Uh, there were Leighton Buzzard, who's uh, people might know him from ICW. Uh, I've, I've, seen, I've seen him a few times live for like PCW. He, he's going to be a good Good talent, I think. Someone that, like the Scottish wrestling scene are going to rely on in the future. He was against Nico Angelo. And obviously the main event, and uh, I remember uh, messaging Benno after this, uh, which was <laughs> Scott Olbermann versus Cameron Solis, where Scott Olbermann won like their Money in the Bank briefcase off uh, Solis for a number one contender shot for the ignition title. But after the match, in the middle of Kirby Social Club with a chandelier hanging down. Uh, yeah, Cameron Solis got on the mic and said, some people say Brit Ress is dead. And uh, me and Jeff looked at each other like, oh, fucking hell, here we go again. <laughs> so I, I just like, you know what? I'll message Benno. <laughs> <laughs> Might have led to a tweet, maybe. <laughs> Nothing says Brit Ress isn't dead, mate. Like, a, like, yeah, 60 people in a function suite in Kirby. Um, I mean, come on. <laughs> I love TNT, but come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, with Future Shock, it was like a double head. And I've got to say, their social distancing and Kobe protocols are second to none. Still only like 60 people in there, but. It's more spread out than what, excuse me, TNT um, did. So, like over the two shows, I've got to say, with Future Shock as ever, they've got a lot of good young talent coming through. That I think, as you've seen, we like progress. A lot of the wrestlers who are on there are like wrestlers who come from Future Shock, and 
Yeah, there were plenty of new youngsters on this show. There was Two Bit, who's from. He's mainly been wrestling on the scene in like Morecambe and done wrestling shows in Barrow and what have you. And he, he had a really good show in here in two matches, one on the afternoon show against Luke Jacobs. Now, Two Bit's like five foot, four, five foot five, and Luke Jacobs is quite a big unit. And you saw he expected Luke Jacobs just to batter him in five minutes, but it ended up being like a good like 15-minute match, two-bit kept coming back, even though Luke was like chopping him on his back, his like chest. You seen later on when two-bit come out in the evening and just like big handprints on his side of his chest, on his actual chest itself, just blistered to death. Um, but that that was really good, and also his match with Sonodersen in the evening. There was also um, Luke Jacobs in the main event of the second show against Joey Hayes, making his like return to wrestling after all mm. this after COVID and all that. And that was that was a very good main event. You could tell Joey Hayes has had a good tanning session on the uh, on the old sunbeds. <laughs> Yeah, there's but a few after, wrestlers who have this one I'm going to mention later who looked a bit like David Dickinson, but yeah, sorry, carry on. Yeah, uh, so after that, well, Joey Hayes ended up beating Luke Jacobs and he was saying, at times I thought, oh, packing it in, but I thought, you know what, I enjoy this and I want titles. And they were looking at Luke Jacobs because he holds the tag titles with Ethan Allen and said, I fancy it. Fancy it go with your titles. And then Luke Jacobs says, oh, you've not got a partner. And then Joey A said, oh, I have got a partner. And out comes uh, Danny Hope. So uh, they're reuniting the models yeah. uh, for the 17th anniversary show. So they're going to have uh, the models versus the young guns. And also set up for the anniversary show was DDL versus uh, Sonna Durson, which is going to be the main event of night two but when, when I said about the young wrestlers who were on uh, just a few names to point out Danny Proper he was like he had his first two, first two matches in his career wow. didn't look out of place uh, JJ Webb who I mentioned last time who's a very good very good heel champion I think very uh, cocky cocksure mm. about himself uh, it's always, it's like uh, him and Alexis Falcon as a tandem they work very well with the crowd Oscar Byron, who I mentioned, come out to the Morrissey music. He were on again. He's very good. And also a uh, bit of an odd couple tag team. Uh, Jacob North and Dynamite Lee Dawson, two two pretty local lads. Uh, both playing a good showing, but nah, I, I did think uh, out, out, out of TNT and Future Shock, I would say Future Shock were the uh, better of the shows. All right, it certainly sounds like they've got a sort of like lot of local wrestlers filling out these cards as well, Ben. It seems like they've got a lot of people to that they can rely on to uh, fill a lot of these cards out, especially Future Shop. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's lots of you know, Future Shop being a training school, there's a lot of you know, good young talent there, isn't there? Um, you know, you mentioned the JJ Webb, I believe. Did he do the he did the cockpit at the weekend? I believe. Um, I think no, was that on. was um, Big Guns Joe did the cockpit. Big Guns Joe did the, the cockpit, yeah, yeah, but yeah, JJ Webb's like somebody you know himself is uh, is getting around, and you know, there's wrestlers like that, like Tom Felwell, who you know, he's kind of like you said before, um, Andy, like as the, the third young gun, you know, you've got you've got kind of like him kind of 
underneath um, and able to fill these cards out. Um, yeah, there is at that level, at that local, you know, show level, there is a, a fair amount of a, of talent there. Um, it's just, yeah, you know, I'm sure Andy will say it. You know, you know, we joked before about you know Brit Reses and Deb because you know TNT ran a function, Sweet and Kirby. Like uh, <laughs> these shows don't look hugely dissimilar. Like a TNT show like that, you know, there's a, a few names there and a couple of names on that Future Shock show that. Like I say, you are going to see on a on a Rev Pro that you are going to see on a on a Progress. There's a definitely a maybe a like I say, there's there's depth at that lowest level as far as like young wrestlers coming up, but depth as far as like interesting names uh, across the country that are going to make uh, people travel out and uh, and go out to, to different shows and, and visit different promotions. I think that's maybe where we're we're maybe a, a little bit weaker uh, in Brit Res at the moment. I don't know if uh, Andy would say different. One one thing I would say, uh, Beno, is as it comes to like ticket prices, I mentioned this on uh, on my podcast, uh, Ramson mm-hmm. Claps, the other week, was that the night one of the TNT was like twenty five quid minimum to get in, mm-hmm. and then night two was about twelve quid to get in, and Future Shock's lowest ticket price is fifteen sixteen quid. Now I preferred the sixteen and twelve quid one to the twenty five quid one. Mm-hmm. The, the, Whereas the, you would say between the night one show of TNT and what you're getting at Future Shock, I think you were getting your better value for money at Future Shock. And that's going to play into a lot of fans' heads is like mm. value for money. Well, that's the thing. If I can go to a show, you know, like I say, I miss this TNT show, but I can walk, you know, to that to, to TNT shows pretty much. Uh, maybe not Kirby. There's a couple of buses involved there, as uh, as you found out, Andy. And it's not the. Uh, the oh, it were a good bloody walk, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is that. But you know what I mean. I can go to a show like that and see these wrestlers. Is there a reason for me to to travel down to London? Is there a reason to me to travel elsewhere without? I suppose heavy imports like the, the likes of the Rev Pro are going to use. Like, is there a reason for me to realistically travel to to progress anymore? Um, am I seeing a significantly higher level of talent? Like, I think that's the thing, isn't it? That gets to like this argument that like, you know, a, t- a TNT or a Future Shark probably aren't going to see you know huge changes. Like again, the the, the play, especially a Future Shock, it's a place where they you know they make their own wrestlers, and there's always young wrestlers who can fill those shows where it's you know a, a decent attendance for where they are. But it's, you know they're basically local area shows for for local fans. Like the the question is whether yeah there's you know that next level um, of talent that would make it worthwhile going. You know what? Actually, I don't. Rather than just going down the road to see my local promotion, you know, like we talk about on a podcast like this, I want to go and visit this other, you know, a promotion a bit further afield because they're offering me something different. Or I want to even just watch the VOD, you know, from a promotion like that and, and see wrestlers different, uh, who are different. I think that's that's kind of the, the situation we're in right now with Brit Rest. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's like you say, but it's like you also noted that, you know, TNT and Future Shock and that aren't doing anything different than what they normally would. They would have been using sort of like up and coming people with, you know, maybe with some guys you've heard of to fill out the card. And they weren't that promotion people traveling up and down the country to see where they they, they sort mm-hmm. of like stuck to what they what they were doing. Yeah. And there is it, it, it is going to be interesting to see where sort of like Brit Rest is in sort of like the next five to ten years, you know, because there's certainly a lot of people bubbling under, but it's going to take a while, isn't it, for them to sort of like, you know, and or an NXT UK going to snap them up after they've had 10 matches. That's always been the issue there, hasn't it? That we didn't have sort of like, um, sort of like eight years ago, we weren't, we weren't having WWE gobbling everyone up. But um, 
Well, one thing that has sort of like had people pushing back against some of these shows in, in a bit of a way is the, the, the Brit Rest seems to have gone back to doing surprise announcements already or leaving it till the night. I mean, TNT did it, didn't they? With um, was it the Young Guns? Uh, was it the Open Challenge against um, the Kings of the North, Andy? And then did Future Shock weren't they having a surprise opponent and that? And, you know, they weren't announcing people that were named in speaking out, but surely you'd think promotions won't be doing this for a long while. You know, they'd be showing people up front who they're using and things. What what were your thoughts on the sort of like small amount of controversy around that, Benno? Uh, it depends on, the, I think, the circumstance, really. Um, I think I think as a general rule, I think the idea that like, especially, you know, come and post speaking out, you know, in the especially in these early months, we should, you know, I think promotion should be giving fans the opportunity to what would vote with the wallets. How many times have we said that, you know, that's the only thing that's going to keep promotions, you know, in check is that, that, you know, the fans who maybe aren't happy with people who are advertised for a show, don't go to that show or don't support that promotion anymore. And I think that's fair. I think, but I think that's a very black and white way of looking at it in that, you know, realistically, is that going to happen 100% of the time? Um, you know, you can look at examples like like the Future Shock, you know, case where, yes, that caused a lot of upheaval, you know, on Twitter and in, in our bubble, um, you know, and, and it's a, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a training. Um, it's not like, and I'll just use them as an example, Bram, you know, walked out there like a, I don't. I don't want to get to a point where I'm. I'm saying, oh, we've got to trust promotions because I think if anyone's trust is broken in wrestling promotions after this last year, that's absolutely fair. Fair enough. But there's probably going to be promotions that people are going to trust more than others. You're probably going to trust that. Yes, Future Shock have got a, a mystery person here, but it's somebody who we know is from the training school. The likelihood is it's not going to be someone named and speaking out. Like I, I've got to say, you know, there was criticism over the weekend. You know, uh, Jamesy was pretty vocal about it about. You know, Rev Pro, um, you know, with, with their show, and they they had a, a couple of surprises on their show um, that weren't announced ahead of time after Andy Quilden, you know, did mm. come out and say specifically that I will, you know, announce all of my cards ahead of time. But then, you know, the counter to that is that, well, those surprises were Mariah May, you know, who was, you know, a self a victim and, you know, spoke out to quite a lot during speaking out. And, and, you know, and Shooter, Shota uh, Rumina, who, who, you know, Rev Pro have made clear they are going to be using, you know, going forward, have uh, uh, outright said that is a, that's, you know, in Q&As, I think he's the the biggest name that uh, that came up constantly um, on those regular Rev Pro Q&As about when exactly he was making his return. And, you know, like I say, Mariah May, if you did have any concerns about it, I can't imagine why anyone would. She was known as, you know, being part of, you know, the uh, the, the women's division and, and was going to be part of upcoming shows and tournaments as far as Rev Pro goes. So is that a step too far? I know putting it black and white, yes, those are unannounced surprises, but it's wrestling, isn't it? Like it, it's, it's a big part of promoters' playbooks. Are promoters, you know, going to be able to resist doing things like that? Do we... I don't know. I don't want to say. Do we want that? But do we want that to take that that element of maybe storytelling away? Um, it's going to be case by case, I think, because obviously, like I say promotion does that, and Bram comes out a promotion who's got nobody's trust right now. Like now and then, like an OTT does it, and you fear for who exactly could be the name who walks out. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a trust issue, and it might end up being case by case, maybe rather than 
than than entirely black and white. Um, I don't know you guys' thoughts. No, yeah, I agree with that, and I also think you know it has got to. Co- we we've been shown that you know you can't rely on promotions to do anything, so it is going to be have to be up to you, isn't it, Andy? Whether you decide whether. You know, if that promotion has said who we're going to have against a mystery opponent, it's going to be have to be up to you to decide um, if you want to go to that, knowing that they've got a mystery um, opponent for somebody on that show. Yeah, g- generally for me, if Brett, uh, you know me, I'll, I'll go to I'll go to shows. But uh, if if something did like that, something like that happened at our live show, I'd probably end up just like walking off to the toilets and just not bothering watching the match. Mm. Just. Not, not sort of like a protest, just like, uh, just not interested in this. I'll go, go to the toilet or go bar, do something productive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're interested to see if uh, promotions do, because they have had some pushback career if promotions do continue to do this um, in shows, you know, going through the summer and after that. But, um, yeah, we'll be interested to see what, what happens with that. But um, shall we... Uh, Move away from that and then on to our, uh, our own brand, NXT UK, because they've had quite a few notable things happen this month. Firstly, pretty good three-way between Ilya Dragunov, Joe Coffey and Rampage Brown. And this got a fair amount of talk this month as, you know, Ilya is seemingly moving close to his big rematch with, with Walter. And well, this is an enjoyable match, Andy. Just sort of like big meaty men slapping meat, as Biggie Langston might have put it. Yeah, it's it certainly much my grabs, uh, Martin. I, I went, I think I went about four stars on this match. It, it, for me, it was one of those that, that built uh, it quite slow starting, and then once he started laying in the shots on each other, now it was it, it was a jam. I thought I'd be interested to see if like a Ilya had a, like a singles match against Rampage. I don't think it's ever been done before. That'd be something that'd be uh, fresh and uh, interesting. Uh, Joe Coffey, and I know obviously he does he does get a lot of flack for shit in the bed, but he's always at the, for me he's always around that three and a quarter, three and a half star level of uh, of match on uh, NXT UK. But overall, it was uh, the right result in the end. Seeing Ilya win because they've been building to that and uh, building to the wall to match. Hopefully, um, God knows how, how they're going to uh, you know drag it all out couple of months till they can actually get some fans somewhere who knows yeah because they've not made any announcements yet have they for coming back to live shows at NXT UK I mean we'll get into WWE's tour in a bit but um they'll surely be building up for like um, some big takeover show to make their big sort of like comeback to doing live shows but um so as Benno I probably would have rather um, it been Andy's idea and seen Rampage against Ilya in um, a singles match yeah, I think so. I mean, that would have been my attitude going in. Um, don't get me wrong. I, I think Andy's right in saying, you know, Joe Coffey's a three-star wrestler. I mean, he is. <laughs> that's that's part of the issue. That's why he couldn't ha- carry those uh, those main events they were giving him uh, once upon a time. And that's, you know, easy. there's a, at least, you know, 15 other wrestlers who I'd say are akin to Joe Coffey, which is why, you know, NXT UK is maybe uh, as uninspired as it is at times. Uh, but while I might have said that going in, I did enjoy this match coming out. I, I wouldn't go higher than, than three and a half stars on it, but it was paced really well. It was kind of all action, as Andy said, and it was, yeah, I think it was a good showcase for, you know, for, for Ilya more than anything. You know, the right man goes over, which is which is important, uh, especially if, you know, he's the, he's the type of, I mean, really, we said it on the, on the last show, he's the person who should you know, be facing Walter. Like, I don't see anybody else on this roster. I would 
be hugely interested in uh, in seeing you know get a get a title shot at this point and he's someone who you know they they had that near on five star match last year in front of no fans i think it's obvious isn't it i think it's the even the worst booker in the world would 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 note that yes it is actually worthwhile doing uh doing Ilya and walter in front of a crowd um so i think that that's a that's a good decision as well but yeah you know rampage brown always always a reliable um professional uh in there and you know like i say joe coffee played his role well as well so yeah i was a uh, pleasantly surprised by this one i think it wasn't great with the you know the some of the the crowd sweetening towards the end and the, uh, the this is almost some chance and and some mm. of that kind of uh lost me a little bit and to be honest i actually thought the match ended a bit short i probably would have went you know a, a couple more minutes to be honest i felt like it was it was really warming up um just when when Ilya got the war the win so that's maybe another reason why you know three and a half stars would be the ceiling for me but uh, it was a, a pleasantly good match and yeah not something I, I expected to say seeing seeing that line up there and seeing it being the uh, the three-way rather than a one-on-one match can you see them sort of like rushing and doing um, a, a takeover now that everything's seemingly opening up in the UK? Because obviously they've got all the personnel over here, so they won't need to ship anybody over. And, you know, you know, using the camera crew that they use for uh, for NXT UK. Can you see them? Because obviously venues, are, you know, are dying for people to book them and things like that. You know, maybe somewhere like the Brit Rest Mecca Coventry Skydome. I could, you know, they didn't do too well there last time, but I could easily see them, you know, doing a lot better if they put like a takeover with Ilya and Walter on top. I think they'll go for it. Yeah, I think. I, I mean, it, part of me wants to say it depends on whether you know Rev Pro have a big show planned or New Japan plan to come to the country <laughs> or AW plan to come to the country. All of a sudden, <laughs> they're going to announce something. Maybe they'll go through with NXT UK takeover Dublin or however you uh, mm. you say that one. Um, yeah, I think you know we're we're seeing you know main roster WWE is uh, I think it's the last Thunderdome taping the the day we're recording this. Uh, they're going back to to crowds. Uh, I think they'll want to do that all over the place. And yeah, they won't want. You know, some other company to be the uh, the first to uh, to get to doing a, a big big show, um, quote unquote, in the uh, in the UK. And yeah, you know, obviously we had a, a takeover put off, um, and we've had other big shows put off. I think yeah, they'll be absolutely doing that, and it'll probably be sooner than we even think. They'll probably do it. At, um, is Manchester GMX still going? They'll probably do it there <laughs> on the same day as the Red Pro Ninth Anniversary Show, aren't they? <laughs> it's oh, coming. Yeah. We have had the GMX books for years. What are you on about? <laughs> well, what wrestling was it back? Yeah. <laughs> but um, we had a couple of vignettes for a mystery person called Blair Davenport, who was subsequently revealed to be the former B Priestley. I mean, no surprise here, really, was there, Andy? I mean, we kind of gathered she was coming after leaving uh, Japan earlier this year. Yeah, you could say it was, could have uh, sort of guessed it was uh, just from her hand. <laughs> oh, that's B Priestley's hand, that. Um, yeah, it's, it's a welcome addition to the women's division, but you can see her going through the uh, the tiers of the women's division, can't you? Starting off with Zaya Brookside, working mm-hmm. her way up to uh, Amal Nina Samuels, then Amelia McKenzie, then Mako, and then back down again. Yeah, definitely. That seems <laughs> to be the, the route up and down, yeah. <laughs> so I suppose in similar news, but anyway, it does seem that former Red Pro women's champion Jamie Hayter and her uh, Sky Smithson have, have been offered tryouts for NXT UK as well. I mean, obviously, another blow for Red Pro here, but um, they, just seem, they do seem to be amassing all sort of like, you know, the talented uh, female wrestlers uh, from Europe, don't they? Yeah, you know, keeping them in that warehouse. Like, if you're if you're a Rev Pro, like, uh, the question comes at a point, like, uh, 
you know, why put the effort in? God, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't run a, a British wrestling company trying to compete on a. You know, like I say, it's one thing to be Future Shock or TNT, but trying to be a Rev Pro and prevent a product that can be, you know, enjoyed in an international level or a product that can be like seen as almost like a a national leading product in the country. Like you want, and I think Rev Pro have tried to make the women's division a big part of that. Yeah, I think they 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 did a good job. You know, we didn't love um all of those empty arena shows did we you know over the uh, the quiet yeah. uh, december through to now period they weren't all great but you know one thing we kind of consistently said was one they were building up rkj really well and two they were putting the effort in with the women's division effort that they haven't always put in in the past and then yeah as that happens you know, naturally <laughs> you're uh you 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 your women who are you know making up the depth of that division and particularly your champion gets stripped away by nxt uk it just it does make you think why bother um i'll say i mean to be honest like if if i'm andy quilden and i'm running rev pro i think this is the move i think really you know i mean none of us know whether you know jamie hated is outright signing to nxt uk or not all we know is there was a there was a trial this last weekend um and that she was there but I think even if that happens, I think if I'm Red Pro, I just stop using her. Or at the very least, you know, even like someone like a Dan Maloney, I think I make them a lesser part of my product. Anybody who's mm-hmm. on that NXT UK radar, I think you've you've kind of got to make that ruthless decision. And I was kind of glad to see Rev Pro get out ahead of things and kind of just say, no, this is we're gonna control the narrative on this one. We're gonna tell this story. Um and yeah, we're gonna gonna strip her of the belt and we're gonna we're gonna move on with our women's division. Now what is left behind in in that women's division is a is a question. Um, you know, I think at, at this point they they probably be better off just outright, you know, full time using stardom women. I don't know that's not worked out perfectly either. You know, mentioned B Priestley before. Then there's that too. Uh, it's not a it's not foolproof either. But you know, something akin to that where you know, there's some kind of formal arrangement going forward once flights do open might be the only way you can have a, a women's division. Like I was, to be honest, kind of you know shocked seeing the the, the Red Pro results uh, coming out uh, the weekend that they didn't just put the belt back on Zoe Lewis Lucas after you know after this happens you know Zoe Lucas being office in Red Pro I suppose at least you can rely on her not to go anywhere because anyone else you kind of push or try and do something with coincidentally they're going pick to get picked up by NXT UK who do they do they need more women at this point? Like I say, there's a there's a depth of, of, of talent in that women's division in, in NXT UK, but it's hardly like you know it's it's setting the world on fire, or they're they're all being booked particularly well, or there is even use for all of those women. It's it's hard not to look at a story like this and uh, and be kind of pessimist. I think, I think you can also oh, sorry. sorry, Andy. You you have got to say though, haven't you, that someone like Jamie Hayter, I'm sure she had a tryout for NXT like a while back, and you know. And nothing happened there. And obviously she had um, all the work in Japan and things like that. And you've got to imagine it's purely a money thing. She seemed to be quite happy sort of like doing stardom. You know, she was on a couple of AEW shows doing Red Pro and she seemed to be happy going down that route. But now, you know, obviously because international travels are like almost impossible, mm. you know, you, you've got to imagine that it's just for the money, Andy. Yeah, I, I was going to say, um, like Benno was saying with Red Pro, that a, a safer pair of hands would have been putting the belt on Zoe Lucas because you can see like Giselle Shaw and Kanji's in a Rev Pro uh, been they, they were prominent on the Rev Pro shows but they've also been prominent on the the NXT UK feeder system of uh, of progress mm. and you could easily see them go to uh, go to Enfield in three or four months and back in the same position again for Mr. Quilden. 
Yeah, because that's the thing with the uh, lack of travel. It's going to be harder for them, isn't it? Because, you know, you might have that sort of thing of going, oh, you can go and work in Japan for a few months and do Red Pro and the likes, but there's not that option anymore for people, is there? You know, until, you know, at least next year or maybe even the year after that. So you can see why people are, you know, 20, 30 grand being offered it and going, yeah, definitely, because it makes you more comfortable than it while we are in this situation. But I suppose if these people have only signed for a year or whatever, you know, then who knows where we're going to be at this time next year in terms of like international travel and things like that. But um, I suppose um, someone else to uh, sticking with WWE in the former Viper, Piper Niven, has uh, joined Raw this past month and is teaming with Eva Marie as a new name, Dewdrop. I mean, great for Viper, you know, living a dream, going on Raw and that. But that name and gimmick, Beto, I was like, what? what is this? And also it was like, WWE don't even want to admit that NXT UK exists. I mean, did they even mention it when she debuted with Eva Marie? No, I mean, they kind of turned that into the gimmick. Like, the, the debut was, you know, it really was the commentators literally saying, who is this woman? And you kind of think, yeah, you know, that's how low on the total NXT UK is in the WWE system. that They're not even, you know, giving a shout out there. Um, obviously, in, in time since, they kind of move more into a, a situation where it's you know even it's a bit like the you know the Miz Daniel Bryan situation in, in NXT where you know Miz would act like you know Daniel Bryan was a nobody and we've kind of got even Marie using you know using um this I suppose fangirl I suppose is what they're, they're trying to cast Dewdrop yeah that is the name uh, as you know and using her to, to do her bidding and they're starting to you know drop hints that oh yeah you know we kind of know who this woman is or we know you know she's got more more to offer and they've maybe done that uh you know quite quickly to be honest maybe as a way to 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 you know uh i don't know kick back at the uh the, the, the bad feedback that they they got that first week but it is typical to WWE, isn't it it is a it's a terrible name uh it's not a great gimmick it's you know, well, again, I, I, I don't mean to be callous, you know, good for the individual, you know, good for hair, you know, as, as we said, you know, earlier, as you said earlier, Martin, you know, like a, a Jamie Hayter, you know, I suppose good for hair to, to be getting a, a, a wage or whatever. But I'm, I'm, you know, in this case, you know, a spot on Monday Night Raw, but it doesn't mean that, yeah, we have to uh, enjoy the creative or yeah, enjoy kind of, you know, if, if you, if you were somebody who was invested in NXT UK and saw that as a, a genuine part of the, uh, the WWE system, then yeah, I think it's a, it's a bit of a, a bit of a slap in the face to her. Uh, so yeah, at least in that first segment, pretend like uh, nobody knew exactly who she was. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's going to be uh, much of a. Uh, it doesn't seem like there's going to be much traction for her um, coming out of this, does it, Andy? In terms of like, you know, whether she's going to be sticking around in on on main roster WWE for a while. Um, I don't know. They they are showing a little bit of hope with her because I think she beat Asuka in the second week, second or third week that she were on Raw in a couple of minutes. But then again, Asuka's been beat off everyone, mm. uh, even though she's one of the the top the top women stars on Raw. Um, it's one of them storylines. I think we've seen it all before, haven't we? It'll it's, just go on until Vince gets bored. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's it's always it's always the case. Give it a give it about a month or two. Vince will get bored. Poor Viper will be on main event, and then back to NXT, which is a shame because she's a she's a bloody good talent. Yeah, definitely she is. I suppose it'll just be that gnome dart trajectory, won't it? He was on he made his yeah. debut on Raw and then was, you know, now he's back doing a chat show on NXT UK. Um, but nice. sticking with WWE, we also had another round of releases uh, with Killian Dane now reverting back to Big Damer. He's been released. Uh, 
certainly someone who I can see get a lot of bookings on UK shows. I mean, always a good hand, especially when I saw him at Red Pro. And um, I mean, what do you think about I, I, I do remember that he was in NXT and he sort of like, you know, he was doing some stuff with Spud, wasn't he, Andy? But um, as far as like releases go, he, he's not someone who was, you know, majorly on the radar in terms of like stuff he was doing on the main roster. Yeah, the, the, there was all of that sanity stuff, weren't there, for a, mm. a, a cup of coffee, really? But most of his stuff's been on NXT, and generally on NXT, he has been he has been very good. But I'm one of those. I could see him turning up at a Rev Pro for a couple of months when he's when he's visiting the relatives at Christmas. But uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I probably could see him play his trade in a. ROH, but then again, you've seen like with Samoa Joe, he got released from his WWE contract and then ended up on NXT two or three <laughs> weeks later for probably cheap, cheaper money. Could easily see that happening with with Nicky Cross working there still. Mm. I think that's the thing. I think that's, I think that's the key to this one that, you know, obviously being married and Nicky still being based out in the US, I don't really see him being part of the Brit Resin European scene too prominently, really. I think he's going to be on the US Indies, um, he's going to be. I would, I would be shocked, absolutely shocked, if Ring of Honor or Impact don't find a use for him. You know, uh, he's not he's not a, a world beater of a wrestler, but he's a perfectly capable big man yeah. wrestler who could slot into you know that that kind of Ring of Honor system, get a nice get a nice contract for it, and you know do well. I think I, I don't think like it's the last we'll see him on like a on a television basis. Um, you know, we we saw him do the UK Indies and WXW and ICW and, and everywhere, you know, himself and you, Martin, got to see him in Rev Pro uh, wrestling, you know, he was, he was in there with Tanahashi and he was in there with Nakamura, wasn't he, at, mm. at another point as well, you know, he's kind of done all that as well. Uh, I do think he'd offer something to Brit Rez, like you say, but maybe, maybe, maybe Andy's hit something, maybe if like, yeah, he's back visiting the relatives every now and then and he does a, does the odd tour, I think he's a name you can throw on a, on a Rev Pro poster or a name you can throw on say for an icw poster or something like that but i don't know i think he seems like he's because he's been in that wwe system so long now um i think he's got you know, i think he was in tna right before that as well i think he's somebody who's probably gonna yeah stick it out in the us and, uh, and get him to live there with his wife yeah it's probably a fair call yeah but like andy said you know maybe when he, he you know He's back over over this side of the pond, maybe visiting the relatives, not perhaps when we'll get to see him. Um, but Benno, do you think that um, they're ever going to sort of like um, blow the dust off the NXT UK contracts and we'll ever see any releases from there? I'm not saying that I want to see them, but it just seems odd that they're sort of releasing people from here, there and everywhere. And, you know, they're, they're still signing a load of people for NXT UK. It's weird, isn't it? It's, all, it's almost like, you know... Nick Khan's spreadsheet doesn't include have an NXT UK column on it because you know that that has been the story. You know these last few few months of of WWE releases in that you know even up to the likes of Braun Strowman, it feels very business orientated. Somebody's looking at a spreadsheet and going, ah, we we can't we can't you know we can't justify spending all that money on on a guy like that. So that made sense. Then this last ring of cuts basically gutted the 205 Live roster. And mm. if there was ever, a, you know, an American equivalent to NXT UK, it's 205 Live, isn't it? And, and my arguments, and I've said it on the show a couple of times with NXT UK, is don't expect NXT UK cuts because we're talking people on, you know, call center wages. We're talking people on 20 grand or so. It's not it's not big money that you're going to be saving. Um, so, 
you know, I, I, I never would have expected. But but yeah, the 205 live cuts gave me a little bit of pause. Maybe think, oh, yeah, may, maybe they, they will see it that way. Um, but again, it hasn't happened. And the, like you say, the reverse has happened. And we've seen more people getting sent to the, the warehouse in Enfield. Maybe there's a, a different strategy for Europe. Maybe they're still paranoid about, you know, someone else popping up or AW getting a, a strong cold over here. Maybe that plays into it. Maybe it could be as simple as, you know, something to do with contract law or it being a little bit, you know, the contracts maybe being a, a little bit different over here than they are in the US. But that's me stretching for reasons, really, because, you know, yes, you know, like I say, you couldn't save mega money and that would have been the defense in the past. They've shown in this last lot of cuts that they're not above, you know, saving 30 grand here, 40 grand there. So why NXT UK, considering it really is the lowest thing on the earth, the Zulu totem pole has been, has been untouched, has been quite the mystery. Yeah, that's what it is, isn't it? It's a mystery. I was like, they've sort of like, you know, well, that's over the other side of the Atlantic. That sort of like don't really exist to us doing the business in the US. Yeah, it's a weird one, that, isn't it? But I suppose, you know, speaking of uh, coming over the Atlantic, uh, WWE have announced that they'll be doing um, a UK tour in September, uh, four dates. They're doing Newcastle, London, Cardiff and Glasgow. So I suppose hitting a big city in all the major areas, um, I mean, I'd assume here, Andy W have come to some kind of arrangement. As you can't imagine, you know, they're going to have Roman Reigns self-isolating for two weeks when he comes over here. Either that or they are hoping that there's going to be some kind of pathway open between the UK and US before that. You'd think it's got to be like a quite a small group of wrestlers that they're bringing over. Mm-hmm. They're going to do like a, like an all-star show type of schedule with like a... <laughs> Four singles matches in a rumble at the end, uh, way the way they're going on. Um, yeah, I've seen like the London show as well. Um, day after Rev Pro in a in like York Hall, so that that's it a is. Good <laughs> I can't say yeah. that. When would it be anywhere else? Yeah, it's a good double header for anyone who wants to do it, but. Yeah, I would say me personally, I do, I do go to these house shows when they are over in like Manchester. But no, nah, I won't be travelling to uh, Newcastle to go and see a bit of WWE. Hopefully, hopefully they do come to Manchester next April when uh, everything will yeah, properly properly back to normal. But I, I don't see them using a, a big crew when they do come over, Martin. No, yeah, Andy's raised a good point there, Benno, actually. I'd not considered that. Obviously, Roman Reigns is on the poster along with uh, Bailey. Um, Bailey, oh, I'm trying to remember who else on the poster. Bianca Belair was also on the poster. So I suppose they could, you know, have the sort of main events with guys like that and then litter the undercard with people from NXT UK and then they're, uh, you know, not running the risk of these guys, you know, too many people getting trapped over it. Yeah, maybe. I suppose that, you know, you, you they might well rely on the fact that, you know, we've all been cooped up in the house <laughs> for a long time and people are just willing to to get out and go go see a show. I mean, it, it read to me, I think the, the biggest giveaway was, you know, they're doing the O2 in London on the Monday night, um, which would scream raw taping, wouldn't it? Um, mm. But no, it's, you know, you, you, the people you listed there, I think Big E's on the poster as well. Um, you know, the Usos too. This is very much Smackdown. So I think it's, it's probably going to be more that. I think it's just going to be like the the basic crew of SmackDown wrestlers, and it is quite a, a small crew as it is, um, doing shows is maybe almost a, a test run um, over here. I mean, they've surprised me, WWE, like we said earlier, they've been the, 
they've kind of been slow, haven't they? You know, mm. it, it must be like he must have been happy with the fact that AEW were back with big crowds, and you know, we're still waiting for. Okay, yes, there was WrestleMania, but you know, it's still not until you know the week after next before we be properly get going with that. So, yeah, maybe they've wanted to at least on the on the European side get in there first before you know AEW announce a big tour or New Japan come back. Um, and you know, they've always. Yeah, well, I suppose not always, but they usually treat the UK as like their, their second market. So it's probably uh, just a way of uh, hitting the ground running and maybe getting there before uh, anybody else does. One final note on WWE, uh, I wanted to know. It's a, a good news story. Uh, Tegan Knox had a, a dark match at WWE this week. And uh, obviously the amount of injuries and setbacks she had since signing with WWE has obviously been horrendous for her. So um, Andy, it's good to see that she might be making a comeback here. Yeah, and I saw that her opponent on the uh, like the return match was Tony Storm, a match which I've seen in front of twelve people in Fallowfield in Manchester, like four <laughs> wow. or five years ago. <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, but it's it's, it's nice to see it, see her back, and just hopefully she can keep fully fit. It's like one of them. It's like a footballer in it who's had their injury issues, and if you get a good six months, twelve twelve months out of them, it's a it's a bonus, isn't it? Because she, she, she's a great wrestler. She's a, certainly a, an asset to the uh, to the roster on both NXT and maybe on WWE main roster. Yeah, it's wild, isn't it? Because obviously in the UK scene, she was doing like Canadian destroyers through like uh, ladders and things like that and doing all these wild, crazy matches and stuff. And she stayed sort of like relatively injury-free, but then it's um, it's just been bad news for her since she's uh, gone over to America, hasn't it, Benham? Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? It's just—I mean, she's just had bad luck. Uh, I think it's probably what it is. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe a little bit of. She's not got a huge amount of mileage on her, has she? But you know, having, having wrestled for a few years, maybe injuries can pile up, and you, you do get kind of like setback after setback. But yeah, I think we've just got to got to hope there's a uh, there's good news coming, and yeah, it doesn't it doesn't happen again, really. I think it's yeah, it's one of the way it, it happens in all sports, doesn't it? Not just wrestling. You know, you'll you'll get a, a Darren Anderson, or you'll get a a footballer who yeah, you know, has Jamie all Redknapp, this promise. Yeah. Jamie Redknapp, there you go, has all this. Well, I don't know about the promise for Jamie Redknapp, but um, you know, <laughs> has all this promise. <laughs> and yeah, you know, it's the it's the what could have been. You don't want to be sat here, do you? In five years, having that conversation about hair, like hopefully mm. it is just something that can uh, be left in the past now. And uh, moving on to progress, uh, they had the latest chapter one hundred and fourteen set eyeballs to stun. Um, appeared on the WWE Network this past week. Um, I think the most notable stuff on here was Laura D. Mateo's return to lose to Kanji in the main event. Um, Laura seemed to be everywhere this month because she was also on there. NXT UK, and then we had Jody Fleisch against Omari and the Northwest Strong Team of Chris Ridgway, Luke Jacobs, and Ethan Allen facing off against Coronawar, Nick Riley, and Charlie Sterling. So I suppose before we get into the other bits, I, I did want to talk about Jody and Omari because um, obviously Jody's getting more bookings with progress now. He beating Omari here in what seems to be one of Omari's last ever matches. I know you know he's booked for OTT for their return to Belfast, but Omari. Obviously, more synonymous with Fight Club Pro. Um, always looked like he had tons of potential, Benno, and was getting really good in his showings with OTT in 2019, but he seems to be uh, moving away further and further from wrestling. It seems like this and the OTT show are going to be his uh, last ever matches. 
Yeah, it's weird, the Omari story, because he's obviously someone they were very high on at one point. I'm not going to criticise anybody for walking away from British wrestling. I don't know what his reasons are, but I'm sure whatever they are, they're extremely valid. Um, yeah, like he was someone who, you know, I was going to Fight Club Pro shows in that like 2017 period where he was getting really, really over. I was at the show, you know, you know where he, he lifted the trophy and I was there for his big uh, Keith Lee matches and he is somebody who yeah clearly you know there was a lot of potential in and then he kind of disappeared didn't he and then you know I don't know whether he was away doing school or college or whatever because you know he'd just go missing like I remember going to the uh, the DTTI in Manchester the last one and he was just on the door doing tickets and I kind of walked I was like oh hi Omar he was like hi and then I gave him a ticket and walked in I was just thinking this seems wrong surely he should you know be Pride of place, you know. And that was after the Keith Lee matches that you know it got was, a lot of yeah. uh, press, didn't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this was the 2019 version. Um, so not you know again 2020 doesn't really count. So not that, that long ago. And yeah, you know, he's someone we you know the the oldest joke on this podcast was his uh, as the George Trunks, wasn't it? So well, you know, we we retired mm-hmm. that one. I'm just throwing one out, one more out there before uh, Omari <laughs> retires. But he did improve his look too. You know, in this Jody Fleisch match, I thought he looked uh, he looked good coming out. You know, the, the the new hairstyle and the the entrance outfit and the like. And obviously, you know, a lot of that came as a result of him no longer being a young boy in Fight Club Pro. But you know, it, it was. Definitely, definitely potential there. And yeah, you said, Martin, aside from him showing up randomly on an, on an OTT show or two and getting extremely over, he just kind of seemed to be a forgotten man in Brit Res. And yeah, I don't think it is, you know, in a scene where, yeah, we are looking for, for, for strength in depth and there isn't a huge amount of strength in depth. Like he was someone who you would have imagined. And, you know, if you'd asked me the question two, three years ago, who's going to be the next big thing in Brit Res, like his name would have been first and foremost wouldn't it so yeah a bit of bit of a shame it didn't work out how we all thought and yeah you know depending on as i'm sure his reasons it's uh it, it is definitely a shame in some ways he's stepping aside yeah it's a shame andy especially you know especially the way brit rest is now you know they could really use someone like amari so like ben over there no there he had improved his look and you know he was getting better in the ring and things like that yeah it's it's a it's a strange one he's still at quite a young age in it so it's one of them he could could take off a couple of years from the business and then easily return. I mean, many wrestlers have done that. You have to, well, Jody Flies, for instance, <laughs> he took a lot of time off uh, from the business. But yeah, no, I, I remember. Um, God, he made he made a couple appearances for um, Breed Wrestling in Sheffield mm. uh, when they were running, and he changed his look. Then he was going for a more heelish character, and thought, no, oh, it, it looks pretty all right. But uh, as as Ben all said, like around that Key Fleet time. We, I think um, Progress were always wondering, well, seeing as they're recycling uh, Fight Club Pro's booking, like, <laughs> why they not brought like your old Mari in an Aussie Open? Because they were like the hot up-and-comers at the time. And uh, I remember him going into Progress and they hardly, hardly used him. Yeah, very much um, a strange one. But a missed I opportunity. Yeah. Um, I thought the match was pretty enjoyable, though. I mean, Jody's looking in the best shape of his life, isn't he, Benno? It's like, he just seems to put on more and more muscle every time I see him. Yeah, went back when him and Johnny were traveling the world, like, he didn't have this look, did he? And anytime, that's the thing, he's, he's someone who's just kind of done periodic returns to Brit Res in the years since, and yeah, he's looked 
10 times better than, than he ever did in his pomp. But I did really enjoy this match, to be honest. It was probably mm. of the, the three main matches on the show that I guess we're going to talk about. Like, that was the the one that kind of stood out to me as being a, a bit above the others. Maybe it went on a little bit too long, but, you know, it was a good match. I think if I if I'd watched this in a vacuum, I would have been shocked Jody went over. Um, I probably would have expected a, an Omari win. Uh, I don't I imagine... You know the fact that Omari was in this position, progress didn't know necessarily that he was uh, he was going to step out at least at the uh, the time that they booked him. Um, but you know he looked as he looked as good as ever. It's like a three point two five star match maybe, but you know a good version of that. There was you know some fun stuff on the outside. There was you know Omari was keeping up with you know I say Omari keeping up with Jody, both keeping up with each other. I suppose as far as the the flying goes and the the pace of the match and you know that seven twenty DDT from from Jody is always a mm-hmm. always a, a nice big spot to see. Um, I'm guessing the going you know going forward. Uh, yeah, we talked about the the lack of depth of the, especially at the top of the progress cards. I imagine we're going forward with you know Jody getting a, a title shot at, at some point um, based on this with them going with him rather than. Then he did mention that in the promo after the match, didn't he? They said he was coming for. A- uh, Cara Noir and his title. Yeah, so I wonder whether that's going to be sooner rather than th- than later, but you can do worse, can't you? Like I say, there's a might as well dust off a, a Jody Fleisch, you know, Red Pro dusting off Doug Williams as well, and it, it does all feel a bit retro, but, you know, when when your options are limited, it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, definitely be a good opponent for uh, Cara Noir. Um, Andy, what did you make of the six-way match? Um, sort of like another Solid showing it goes without saying from uh, Ethan Allen and Luke Jacobs. I actually enjoyed the interactions through Jacobs and uh, Progress Champion Cara Noire. I mean, that'd be another match to build up, maybe a bit soon, like Beno noted on our previous shows, but um, certainly, you know, them two would, would have a cracking match for the title, I think. Yeah, the, the match that they had where um, Luke Jacobs were defending his natural uh, progression title against Cara Noire, quite at the early stages of the. Uh, the relaunch of progress was an excellent match. I thought, I thought the interactions uh, and what I'd like to see: Luke Jacobs versus Charlie Sterling. Now, Charlie Sterling's uh, someone who you know a lot of promotions could have at the top of their card as like a cocky heel type character. He's got he's got the look and everything about him. He's an excellent wrestler. I just don't know why um, many promotions haven't used him prominently. No, yeah, I agree with that. And certainly, like, his OTT work with Zach Gibson was absolutely brilliant. You know, they just used to get booed out of the building. And then he was uh, pretty funny in some of those showings he had in Red Pro, but he might be another one, Benno, where he's, like, you know, one foot in a wrestling and one foot out. Yeah, I suppose it could be that. Maybe he's got more interests outside. But, yeah, as I echo what you both said. He's someone who's, I mean, he's got, you know, size and a great look, obviously, but you know, a bit of charisma, you know, that you don't always have. Um, anytime I saw him on a live show, he always stood out as someone. So yeah, obviously he's getting a, a look in different tag teams right now in in both Rev Pro and Progress. But yeah, he's someone who like it. It seems foolish, doesn't it, not to have him prominently on your cards, even if yeah, okay, yeah, he's not a a five star match wrestler or he's going to be lighting the world on fire. He's certainly again another person that can adapt to cards. Can you remember when the, uh, I know we'll get into a pro in a bit because they have matched up with Joel Redmond again and I'm assuming they won't make the mistake they did last time. Can you remember when him and Joel Redmond were like the old school sort of like Johnny Ace, <laughs> you know, good guy tag team and people were just like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> <laughs> Mainly JP. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> definitely better cast as heels, those two lads, I'd say. Oh, yeah, definitely. Could you see Charlie Stilling was always uncomfortable being the like, yeah, come on, guys, get behind me and Joel. And everyone was like, no, mate, no, not today. But um, <laughs> speaking of someone who's been gone for uh, for quite a while, Laura Di Matteo, and they chucked her straight back in the main event here, Andy. Not a bad match, but... Um, just thing with Laura's been around for a while now, hasn't she? Never really sort of like hits the next year for me in these matches. And um, Giselle Shaw hit it on the head on commentary. Laura Di Matteo, bland. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I, I went two out of five on this match. There's, I've seen three Laura Di Matteo matches over the last three weeks. Yeah, send me to sleep. Yeah, they've gone not, back in time. It is. Yeah. Though. Were we not saying this four years ago? Like, <laughs> I want to see her get a chance, but she just feels like a blast from the past, doesn't she, on these shows? Yeah. Yeah. But one one thing I will say is it's good to see progress put something into the women's division at last. Yeah. Because we'd, we'd always used to joke about it being the second match on the card, wouldn't we? Mm, and yeah. they've actually, for the last two or three shows, put it as the main event. And Kanji's been a good champion, but the they sort of are running into that territory of using the same three or four people at the top of the car, like quite a few promotions will end up being um, when they do come back. Um, but yeah, no, Kanji's been a good champion. There was a, obviously the mat, there was a match earlier in the show, uh, Mercedes Blaze and Alexis Falcon, which was uh, a re- really good no DQ match. <laughs> One thing that made me laugh though was um, Mercedes Blaze's promo before and where she basically just a voice had gone trying to do a promo. Oh, no. <laughs> she needed to reach for the lockets, the poor girl. But hey, I don't know if you if you did notice on the show, especially during uh, I think it was Blazes and Falcons promos, a lot more swearing going on in progress. Oh they yeah, Alexis to... Falcon. It was like they should have got a, a bleep machine out for her. Oh, it was it was toilet, weren't it? <laughs> toilet, some of the <laughs> language they were coming out with. Thought bloody hell, have I switched on to ICW? By <laughs> oh, yeah, you maybe. Know, mate, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I suppose um, the main thing is um, we don't have an early game of like the unlikely because we sort of like leave that till the end of the year, don't we, Benno? But can you see a uh, progress in a live show in front of fans before the end of the year? Because they made no announcements whatsoever, have they? And they've obviously, you know, found a home in this Peckham, in the theatre in Peckham that they're running regularly. Yeah, they've got to. I mean, that, that was the thing about watching this show. It was like, I, you know, I was thankful, to be honest, that we're at this point where hopefully these are the last empty arena Brit shows where we have to, you know, give give our, give our time and money uh, to because they are kind of drab, aren't they? And like you say, on a weekend where you're hearing about other promotions and Andy talking about going back to live shows, dragging yourself to watch this empty arena stuff is is tough. And it's not doing, you know, progress. It's not progress. You know, it's it. it they probably would have been better off branding at something else and leaving the wacky show titles to a side and even leaving the, the you know the chapter numbers to a side. I think a, a fresh start was needed, but maybe they didn't go quite far enough because I think the empty arena setting is is kind of amplified the the empty shell that, that this is that isn't really progress. And that goes right down to, you know, we bury him every time we talk progress shows, but body body guy Roy Johnson, you know, stand that standing out there trying to, I don't know, do comedy or, you know, cut lines there that are, you know, to, to no response outright drawing attention to the fact that there's no one there. It's just 
they're really rough to watch these, so they've got to be. I, I know they've not announced anything in the, the, the last two, and I suppose that in some ways, while we'll, there's a lot of things to criticise progress about, you know, maybe that's a little bit commendable that they've uh, they've taken the time to, to do that, but I think they'll have to. Whether they'll draw on the roads, you know, whether whether that, that hardcore progress base are, are going to want to come out to an electric ballroom or got you know come to a written Manchester I can't imagine you know these lineups filling a a written Manchester maybe maybe for a first couple of shows maybe, maybe that'll happen um it'll be busy enough but you know I think they've, they've got to at least try um and, and maybe breathe some life um in, in into this and yeah you know treat these like I suppose we're, we're now treating the those red pro uh, pandemic shows uh, now that they're in, in the rear view um they were I suppose a necessary evil to get started in this uh this new progress but I think the the real test yeah is going to when they're going to be out there in front of live fans and who the fans you know see as stars and who is over and you know that live immediate feedback you get from being in front of a live crowd and also the live immediate feedback we get from seeing what the attendance is because don't get don't forget you know progress attendance was not great um mm. you know got going into the uh, the pandemic so yeah i would say it's definitely likely they're going to be running but how successful that's going to be is uh is still going to be a question a couple yeah, of I mean, things the, the shows are getting that. longer as well, aren't they, Andy? I mean, they're becoming like three hours and stuff now, and they are becoming a chore to watch. And everyone seems to, you know, obviously they can't help it not having fans there for for certain shows, but they're having the other promotions have done better work. Have you know, like obviously Red Pro are people coming out seconding them and clapping and banging on the mat and making trying to create any sort of atmosphere they can. And these are it's just cold reactions to everything, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the reaction I give when I see the runtime on the network, we're like chapter <laughs> 113, three and a half hours. Chapter 114, three and a half, three, three hours, five minutes. Now, three hour shows are good when you're about eight pints deep and mm. uh, having a great time, not not in front of a cold audience uh, in, in Peckham. But a inter- couple of interesting things. One, one thing I will point out the commentary has improved vastly yeah, over the last true. couple of weeks. I thought they've been. Very good as a duo, Paul Summerlone and the uh, the other chap. Um, but on on Saturday, someone pointed this out on Twitter that the actual, you know, when Progress are doing the social media and like use the hashtag Chapter One One Four. The only people who were using the um, the hashtag Chapter One One Four on Saturday were Progress. No one was using it, and no, also not even the wrestlers who were on it. No, no, not at all. And when when you see uh, actually on YouTube because he put like little snippets of the the matches or the promos and a lot of the views are like in the hundreds and the two mm. hundreds, whereas um, Charles Crowley, uh, you see some of the videos he's done uh, or some of the promos he put up of him up in the thousands his views so he's mm. he's resonating with someone uh, you know. In the pro in the progress universe, and uh, I think you were on chapter one one three where they had the title match with Karen Noir and Elijah. Elijah, he's a, he's another one who should be nowhere near a progress world title match. Nah, nah not not good enough for that level. But the the interactions between Karen Noir and uh, Charles Crowley look look like this could be something good there. But it is along the. The lines of like Shawn Michaels amateur, amateur uh, dramatic school 101. But hey, people like that nowadays. Well, just thought I'd uh, point them a couple of things out. 
No, that's good as well. And it seems that any growth progress had is sort of like, you know, completely dissipated. And like Beno noted, that was happening even pre-pandemic. So it will be interesting to see what venues they book, whether they do try booking the same venues that they were using prior to the pandemic and how well that goes through them. I mean, I can see them drawing like a couple of hundred, but as far as like, you know, Wembley's like a, not even sniffing that at all anymore. Oh, yeah. No, no, I don't, I don't think we're at, but yeah, we hit that, hit that peak. Um, and to be honest, that happened well after the progress peak, uh, not, not based on this roster and, and these, these shows we're seeing like, you know, Andy pointed out some figures there. I can say from, you know, by his point of view, just look at the grapple app, you know, progress was a big driver for grapple app in the early days. Grapple Gareth will always tell you that last two shows, in the main event, three ratings each, you know, mm. and, uh, you know, and, or, or, like that is like you wouldn't expect that from progress and you know one of the people who've rated that is on this podcast right now and andy <laughs> the other one <laughs> one of the others is ian hamilton who's one of the, the last people standing writing reviews you know that is that is shocking um and yeah i think that 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 is a good point you know while i think it might be worth trying to go back to those strongholds and find out maybe you know what was the draw was it the company was it the wrestlers was it just you know wrestling in great venues like the electric ballroom and the ritz we might well find out that those venues are actually yeah, too big for this uh, this current incarnation of progress, and maybe yeah, they do they do go to the smaller smaller uh, places like they'd use for like the Tufnell Dome for uh, for Freedom's Road and the like. Yeah, I'll go back to the garage if it's still open in London. That's what they uh, that's where they first started running, didn't it? And uh, I think that only holds a few hundred. But yeah, the days of progress sort of like that's well over. I know we've talked about it ad nauseum, and nothing stays hot forever, but does it? But no. this has just fallen off a cliff now. It's like someone's literally just shoved the company off a cliff, and they've got no buzz. No, nobody cares about it anymore, do they? No, it's dead, isn't it? <laughs> is your answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's I not dead, Andy. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> it's alive under a chandelier and cable. Anyway. <laughs> um, I suppose we talked a bit about Red Pro earlier, but they've had a busy month, haven't they? They made their comeback to the cockpit in London this past Sunday, and uh, that saw Ricky Knight Jr. win the Southside Heavyweight Title, and he was immediately challenged by Shoto Amino, and uh, that match was announced for their ninth anniversary show in Manchester in August. Um, you interested in that one, Benno? I mean, it's not too far afield uh, from you because also, you know, should be a good match. Um, and we've also got Aussie Open returning to the UK for that one as well. Yeah, I mean, that's a it's a tough ask, really. You know, again, you know, that that is a big venue, um, fantastic venue, um, Victoria Warehouse. It's uh, it's one of very much, uh, you know, even when the shows haven't been great, it's one of the venues where it's just nice to uh, nice to go and visit. Um that is a big place though and you've got to fill it and mm. yeah as far as like draws go as we've said that there aren't many draws left and also you know red pro's biggest thing was you know they, they filled it last time because they got naito in now uh they put him against mk mckinnon so that that was an issue but um you know they they at least made the effort of uh of bringing in that new japan talent and they can't do that so yeah i suppose plan b yes you know getting aussie open back and making their big return be a big show like this is a is a good idea and you know people might Kind of giggle at the idea of uh, of Shota being in a you know in a, a title position. Um, obviously not, it's not the title, um, but it's you know it's a title, and I imagine they'll treat it like it's the title while uh, while Osprey's away. Uh, you know, from people I know who, who, who were at the show, you know, having having uh, seen a couple of reports and, and tweets and the like, it sounds like he got a big response, and it sounds like he was you know over um, to, to that hardcore Red Pro crowd. 
um, and it's something different, you know, you, you can offer as a, as a big match. Again, I, I can't see it drawing thousands or whatever, but as far as like, yeah, giving you, giving you in the match, that's a, a little bit different on a, on a card where they're going to be, you know, hoping to, to draw a, a little bit more than the, uh, the average rev pro attendance, uh, to be honest, I don't know what else you could do, you know, in rev pro's position. They've got it, Andy. You would certainly think they're going to have to have uh, it be Aussie Open's, like you know, first match back, or have them as some kind of UK exclusive for that show. Because you know, if they're suddenly wrestling everywhere in August, then it's not going to be that big of a deal, is it? Them having a match in for Red Pro in Manchester. Yeah, I would say the hope for me, um, like Aussie Open's match, will be against the Young Guns. I think that's a fresh match that uh, mm. people would love to see and work great as the. Uh, Half-time main event, send everyone off for the pint after talking about it. That, that'd be the perfect, uh, you know, match. And you, you'll get the people who, like, you know, the Shard and Freud a lot, won't you? Mm. Who will turn up, you know, to get the latest T-shirt, nonetheless. <laughs> um, I think, well, Shorter Umino and Ricky Knight Jr. is main. Yeah. It, it, it'll, I think as a, as a show, it'd probably get about... Maybe four or five hundred there. Probably mm. holds double that at the Victoria Warehouse. Uh, but I think if you draw four or five hundred nowadays in Brit Rest, you, <laughs> you're doing well. You're doing well. Yeah, and it does seem like they're trying to do sort of like slightly different stuff and, and try and get, you know, more interest from, you know, obviously Shota Umino is going to be exclusive to them and going all yeah. the way with Ricky Knight Jr. and things, Benno, they are sort of like trying to do sort of like slightly different things to what every other promotion in the UK is doing. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you know, uh, we're gonna go through like the, the the tag stuff, and you know, you look at a you look at a, a show like that Coppit show, and yeah, big, you know, as Andy said, you know, big gun Joe's on there. Like us, Jim are on there. You know, the young guns are, uh, are, are, are you know going to start getting used by Rev Pro. Like that sounds very familiar to progress shows, and that sounds very familiar to other shows that are happening. You know, up in the north, that is uh, that is kind of the pattern we're hearing. So yeah, it, it is. It's important to to set your stall out and offer something different. And you know, mm-hmm. yes, there's the show to move, but yeah, you mentioned the third Martin, You know, Ricky Knight Junior. Like. I, you know, I can't see him being a, a top-level talent in in progress uh, right now. I can't see them having any interest in him. So, so you know, he's someone who you can, you know, have as your centerpiece in a Rev Pro. And again, you know, people who were going to the York Hall shows in, in 2019 and into early 2020 might, you know, see him at a, a certain level. But I think, you know, if you were closely following these these Rev Pro uh, pandemic shows, they they made it about getting him over as as a you know as a, a top guy including putting him over in this uh this south side tournament and putting him over strong like you know you you could do worse couldn't you um you know in a bind they've gone with somebody who they they think they're going to be able to rely on to book going forward and somebody who can who can deliver good matches and somebody who let's all be honest we seems pretty clear where this is headed you know a, a big match with will osprey at some point there's there's no you know, other obvious person, I would say, on this roster, and yeah, I think Red Pro should be should be commended for for trying to build somebody up and have, like have their own headline guy. Um, it's certainly worth a shot. Yeah, because they are running their uh, Great British Tag League um, and announced a bunch of teams for that. And the only team, you know, outside of the Young Guns coming into uh, into Red Pro is the lads team of uh, Dean Ormark and Robbie X. I mean, what a, what a team that is, Andy. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting some good stuff from uh, from that pairing, Dino and Robbie X. Well, I see they're having it at the uh, the Bristol show, and it just made me think, you know what, if Bristol wasn't like three and a half hours away from Manchester, I'd, I'd, I'd probably travel for that match. That's a, that should be a belting match, that. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
really good. But the thing, the thing is with that tag tournament, it's uh, it's very similar to a G one in it, where block one blocks better than the other. Mm. Like Group A's got all the great teams, and Group B's got the like. Mm, they're all right, <laughs> but but look at Group A. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Any uh, final thoughts you guys have on Red Pro before we move on? I, th- I, th- I think they're in a good position from a. Uh, for, it's, I think, like Ben all said, just try to make the cells look different from everything else that's out there with the uh, mm-hmm. combinations of matches. And I, I, I'm actually looking forward to going to. Uh, I know it's the Victoria Warehouse show, and also doing that double header in Sheffield just remind me of the good old days of Southside in the Corp with them terrible toilets and their uh, wobble taps. <laughs> Indeed. Um, but I, I suppose, yeah, also, and if we do get some kind of like um, pathway, Benno, between the UK and the US, like obviously what, um, according to Will Cooling, that's what um, the UK politicians were uh, were lobbying the US politicians when they were over here right. for, the, for the G7 conference. Um, you know, we could see maybe Red Pro using you know, the likes of some, you know, Lee Moriarty, some US indie stars that are out there as well. Yeah, I think so. I think I think right now this is going to be at weather in the storm in two ways. Weather in the storm of, yeah, you know, they were obviously going to be very reliant on Will Ospreay um, these next few months, and that's gone. But you know, let's 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 hope that you know his his return is uh, is sooner than than uh, than expected, and and he gets to you know offer a bit of star power to these shows. But obviously. Repro are no strangers to uh, to booking big shows without their champions, so they'll probably be fine, you know, for the for the next period without him. But I think the other thing that they're going to be weathering is, let's all be honest, you know, we review these shows on this podcast and we play close mm-hmm. attention to Repro, but the vast majority of people tune into Repro when Ishii's turning up at your hall, you know, yeah. or Minoru Suzuki's turning up at your hall, and yeah, obviously Repro are going to have a bit of a period now where they're going to have to build up some guys who can be opponents for those types of wrestlers but once you're right you know once things do open up for japan but also yeah the us with that possible you know aw relationship and there's a lot of you know uh i think reasons why that that would make sense and it, it does seem like you know whenever you see a, a q a with andy Quilden, they seem quite friendly uh with one another uh, tony khan and andy Quilden and tony khan's been at rev pro shows uh, hopefully you know that that's something they can exploit as well and that's a that's another thing that you can use to sell a product and yeah you'd expect you know while there might be uh some tough ones for uh for rev pro coming up uh that might well be the, the light at the end of the tunnel well, speaking of AEW, because um, obviously I mentioned it on the show before, this uh, Wales Comic Con, who were doing a show, a signing convention in Telford on the 29th and 20, uh, on the sorry, on the 20th and the 21st of November. Um, keep adding more and more AEW talent to their sort of like schedule. They've got Kenny Omega, Britt Baker, Sting, and, and Jungle Boy are going to be appearing there. I mean, Andy, do you think this means we're getting some kind of AEW show that week? I mean, Telford is a three-hour drive to London. I mean, if they were to do something on the Sunday night, you know, the signing for that talent would have to be cut short, you'd think. But maybe something in the week, maybe a Dynamite on the Wednesday or something. Yeah, well, Red Pro's around that time as well, aren't they? Mm. Um, Running at that time. And uh, Chris Jericho's on tour with Fozzie as well. Yeah, a few weeks later. A few weeks later, so it, it does make you think uh, that there'll be something happening. But hey, Wales Comic Con, it's not usually associated with AEW, it's usually associated with who Flooder's gonna book the night after. So <laughs> hey, we might be all getting it wrong, they're not going Rev Pro or doing a TV show, they're, they're going to going to the Stanley Arms for, for a jolly old knees up, aren't they? 
So yeah, I've forgotten about that. Yeah, it was well, like Wales Comic Con and then they denounce like Road Warrior Animal or something and they turn up on PCW the day after or something, wouldn't they, Benno? Oh yeah, definitely. Like that happens so many times and it is like, I, you know, Wales Comic Con, I think have found that, yeah, oh God, these this this wrestling lark, you can actually, you know, it actually draws some people to buy some tickets and mm. I think, you know, it, it is a little bit suspicious that there's so much AEW here. I wonder what the, the connection is there. Maybe it is just a case of, you know, one guy sold well, so they continued adding talent. But yeah, it does make you a little bit suspicious if we see uh, one or two other names uh, get added as well. Yeah, maybe I'll uh, I'll put my tin foil hat on as well because we are, you know, I said before, WB of uh, on and off treated, you know, the UK like it's secondary market, AEW, like uh, that is an open goal, isn't it? Obviously, with Tony Khan's business connections over here and the fact that the UK has always supported the uh, the alternatives to, to WWE, you know, TNA did particularly well over here. Uh, they need to get over here as soon as possible. If not this year, it's got to be first thing next year. Mm. Um, and yeah, let, let's hope it's soon. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but last piece of news I wanted to talk about was... Um... Friend of post wrestling Ariel Hawani has uh, left has left uh, ESPN and on among many other projects that he's announced, he'll be joining BT Sport in the UK to cover the UFC for them. And um, we we did get some rumors a while back, didn't we, Benno, that um, BT were looking at selling the sports channel, but they seem to be pumping more money into the UFC coverages. On top of Ariel, they've also announced that Michael Bispin is going to be part of their UFC coverage as well. I mean, is UFC something that you watch on BT? It's interesting that they're uh, investing more money in their uh, presentation of it now, especially with um, you know Ariel, who is one of the top MMA journalists out there. Yeah, I mean, not so much. I mean, again, you know, BT obviously lost the UFC at one point and kind of got them back through the ineptitude of uh, of other broadcasters. So, like, they have had a hot and cold relationship with it. Um, but you know, obviously, when there's when there's a big fight, uh, you know, I'll I'll tune in um, and I will you know throw BT Sports on, and it is useful that it is right there in in pride of place. I can't really imagine it anywhere else. I can't imagine Sky Sports properly running with a with UFC. I know you can get some Bellator on the iPlayer, but you know, as Will always tell us, nobody watches that either. So you know, it's been a, I think it's been a, a I don't know a, a good relationship for for both sides. So I suppose it's not a while it's been you know tumultuous, it's not a huge you know, surprised that they, you know, put some more money in it. But I suppose what really surprised me is that Ariel uh, in the in, the, in that original UFC tweet it did say he's going to be covering UFC boxing and WWE. And, you know, you know, Ariel's uh, someone who'll be, you know, he was a, I suppose a bit of a lapsed fan, but, you know, he certainly knows what's what's going on in wrestling. He's he's known as, you know, he was always the guy who get that, that CM Punk sit-down interview and when Punk made his way over to UFC and obviously with the, the post connection, um, there's all, all those, uh, those tie-ins uh, with a, uh, with Ariel and uh, and the pro wrestling side of things, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, Ariel's someone who's not, you know, afraid to uh, to give his opinion, and it's, it's clearly you know created controversy in the past. Honest WWE pundit Ariel Hawani on uh, on BT Sports, <laughs> I think, and well in for that. Um, yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to hear. I'd love to see exactly yeah how they plan on you know, utilizing them in the in the wrestling space as well as the uh, the MMA space. Do you work uh, keep up with USC on BT, Andy? To be, to be honest, Martin, not really. I'm more, I'm more, I'm all watch. Um, if it's not the football, it's more like the boxing that's on mm. there, like on on there and Sky Sports. But you know, like when you're saying that they're signing like people up, it's similar to what's it, the zone who've um, you know matchroom boxing's gone over to the zone and signed up a, a load of people from Sky. And you read reports of Sky Sports at the moment, like possibly making redundancies and cuts of 
people from the sports department. So, no, there, there could be a lot of big shake-ups in the uh, sports broadcasting world, I could see, in the next Oh, uh, yeah, year. definitely. When the uh, Premier League rights are up again, you just know Amazon are just going to bid on the whole thing. Yeah. And they can probably outbid Sky like 10 to 1, I would have thought. So, yeah, it's either them or like, or if, or if Disney fancy making more of a hot foothold with ESPN and the like, you know, Sky are sort of, sort of like, you know, just biding their time, really, aren't they, for like these contracts to be running up? Because there's so many people wanting so much content now that um, Sky are going to be left in the dust, I think, Benno, when it comes to like amount of money they can bid on, on certain things. Yeah, it does seem that way. I mean, obviously, we had that kind of periods where you know sky and bt have, have almost stopped outbidding each other but obviously yeah amazon coming in and obviously they've been testing the water majorly as far as you know showing premier league games and outright having you know entire days where where they're in charge of it um yeah i think i think the landscape over here as far as like yeah who has who has the rights to what could massively change um you could and you could see a, a shift to to an amazon or, or maybe some other you know party um coming in uh, and taking over i suppose it just depends yeah whether you know as w as a uh, bt and sky have found uh, over the years you know it, it's it's all well and good paying big big rights for these types of properties but you know you've got to it's got to be worth your while and it's got to be worth you know the subs that people are paying and as more and more people move uh, away from from proper tv it's it's probably your amazons of the world who can afford to take the loss but also might be better place to to make profit um on stuff like that on those big contracts and i suppose yeah there's always the the chance that could have a, a big influence on uh, how the wrestling landscape landscape look, looks going forward and how you know where wwe's program ends up where potentially aw's programming ends up you know we we clearly don't know we know about dynamite but we we don't know about that new friday night show we don't know where that where that's mm. headed um as far as tv rights go yeah it could be a an interesting landscape for uh, for aw once they uh start to be able to uh, maybe do some more negotiating over on our side oh yeah not even thought about that because obviously you know they've obviously made some kind of deal with itv and itv are happy to just have it on itv for the you know they did when they first signed the deal with them didn't they they were pushing the uh they were pushing the uh, pay-per-views and stuff in between Coronation Street and Champion and, um, <laughs> and, and sort of like big sporting events and things like that, and that soon dissipated, didn't it? So it'll be interesting to see who does pick AEW up over here, you know, after ITV's contract runs out, and especially that new show. I can't... Andy, can you even see us getting that new show over here? Ooh, well, ITV, ITV had dynamite all over the schedule, don't they? So mm. ooh, I, don't, I don't know where they could put it. Maybe I'd... Uh, there must be many slots in between Minder and Boone on ITV4. <laughs> hey, their ratings got us for ITV4, them, aren't they? Minder and Boone and reruns of, you know, other 70s and 80s uh, TV shows. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think it'll pop up somewhere, definitely, but God knows what time. God knows what time. Mm. It's hard to see um, a natural sort of fit for uh, Dynamite over here, isn't it? Really, Benno? Yeah, it is. Like you say, maybe if WWE wasn't on BT, yeah, you could see it there. Yeah, I can't see them getting picked up by Sky Sport. I think that's been the issue, hasn't it? They've kind of had to, it's almost like the grid. You know, in a couple of years, there's going to be interviews with Tony Khan having a go at this ITV relationship, but they kind of have to grit and bear it and go, oh no, they're great partners in the UK. And Cody Rhodes has to be like, oh no, they're in so many homes and we're in such a great place. But while Andy's right that, you know, AW does get repeated across the schedule it's hardly you know consistent or you know given pride of place or promoted and you know we saw the pay-per-views disappear off the off uh, off itv with the with box office going and you know that that 
relationship seems to have kind of soured since then. And it's almost like it's, yeah, it's something ITV have, but it's not something they really covet. And that, but that does lead me to ask questions about Rampage because it, it'll be an awful one, a Friday show, which is, you know, when Dynamite's on in the UK. So where does it go? Does it go when there's a pay-per-view weekend? Where do they put it in the schedule? It seems like a lot of messing around that ITV might not have a, an appetite for. So yeah, you'd like to hope AEW get a get a better home over in the in the UK at some point. As, as daft as that sounds, when their current home is ITV, but yeah, maybe they get a more uh, encouraging broadcast partner at some point. But nobody really jumps out right now. Yeah, because I'm I'm old school and I still watch things on you know on the TV. So I have a Dynamite set up on the uh, Sky Plus, and I'm sure those Saturday shows are getting shown on. On a Tuesday or a Wednesday, they weren't like you know. Obviously, normally it's on a Friday from uh, when they're normally on a Wednesday That's night. Right, yeah. I'm sure they were showing them on sort of like a maybe a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. They were. It's like Andy said, they seem to be all over the shop with a when they were showing them. So it will be interesting to see what AEW do because obviously, if they do end up doing a big show over here, um, you know, and and bringing everyone over, they are are probably going to be hoping to get sort of like you know the TV show in, in more homes. So. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But um, I suppose before we head out of here, uh, Andy, we mentioned uh, Graps and Claps earlier, your uh, podcast. Uh, what new episodes have uh, been up recently? Yeah, so um, we've got our trips to Future Shock and TNT up there, where we're in uh, different states of uh, soberness or drunkenness, uh, you decide. <laughs> and um, upcoming, we've got, we're doing a, like a retro review of uh, Shingo versus Yokozuka 2. Um, from quite a few years ago from Dragon Gate UK and uh, um, end of the month we've got more live reviews as, a, as we go to Cleefort for BWR and also back to TNT in Liverpool uh, which you can get us uh, on Podbean and also follow us at Graps and Claps and uh, Occupy Free on Twitter and also go to beer52.com forward slash Graps for your free box of beer <laughs> there you go wrestling and free beer what more could you want but um benno i mean obviously uh always busy over at uh, grapple towers uh, what's what's been going on this past month yeah we've uh we've been busy it's another uh fresh month as far as patreon goes so uh yeah if anyone was uh interested in our thoughts and uh, we did a, a podcast episode on the uh the reign of terror of triple h uh <laughs> which was you know more fun to talk about than it was to watch <laughs> that 2002 to 2003 uh, Triple H period. So yeah, we did that. We've had uh, more episodes of our, our film club series. Uh, so again, some wrestling films are, uh, are certainly uh, better than others, but if you're interested in, uh, in Sheriff Kurt Angle taking down a zombie Kurt Angle and uh, and Sid Vicious of, of We Got the Film For You um, over there on, uh, on patreon.com slash grapple. But yeah, other than that, yep, yeah, still doing the, uh, the regular uh, grapple podcast. Uh, obviously this week it was... Uh, very much uh, around the uh, the halfway point of the year and talking about the uh, the match of the uh, the, the year uh, uh, so far we are a discussion about that and yeah going forward uh, we are uh, we're live uh, every monday for our patrons so you can check us out there yeah other than that follow me on twitter at benson richard oh yeah that that was a brilliant uh, podcast um the, the triple a train of terror because that was when i was watching raw week in week out and i always remember oh just like opening up with those 20 minute promos seemingly every week and obviously 
you know, not doing much for Goldberg and that. But I did want to <laughs> shout out your mate, Matty Edwards. He's always brilliant on those shows, always uh, brings a lot of energy and he's absolutely brilliant. And um, I love the fact that he calls you Ben throughout the whole thing as well. <laughs> That's it. He's he's the one who doesn't get away with it. But yeah, he like he he's a he's a if you want the contrarian opinion, he is the uh, I say that Gareth offered it a bit on that podcast, but yeah, uh, yeah as somebody didn't uh, he lived through those horrible uh, roars that we did, Martin. But yeah, uh, Matt Matty's a big Triple H fan. He's been talking about dragging us into doing a, a Randy Orton compilation. I think that <laughs> might be a step too far even for our patrons. But hey, they voted for the Triple H episode, so uh, maybe they'll they'll vote for that at some point. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's getting voted in if you put that on the ballot. But, uh, yeah, always, always a good time. Definitely go out and, and check Grapple out and uh, subscribe to the Patreon. And, uh, yeah, like I know at the start of the show, I'll be doing a 12-hour half marathon stream with, with Benno and a ton of uh, great guests. So, um, yeah, definitely check that out on July the 17th. I'll be posting links everywhere, spamming the timeline on, on that week with various things. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. And, uh Thanks for everyone for listening and me and Ben will be back uh, same time next month.